you know, contrary, I think, to what we might believe, sexual wellness and sexual empowerment is not really about being in this constant state of power and bliss and pleasure, right? That the true power of this work is learning how to oscillate between states of stress and ease, right? Learning how to navigate that journey well is really what what it looks like to develop um, wellness as a skill or empowerment as a skill. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. This episode of Weighing and Unhappy has been brought to you by my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom. If you're ready to go from defeated to empowered, learn how to listen to your body, feel confident in your skin, and stop all your food fear and guilt so that you can eat effortlessly and intuitively, then definitely check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can find out how to work with me. Now, one last thing before we hop into this amazing episode, if you could please take just two seconds on Apple to leave me a five-star review, it would mean the absolute world to me. So please do that now. Again, it just takes two seconds and I would thank you so, so much. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Weighing and on Happy. I'm Victoria Evans, a science-based intuitive eating and body image coach, and I am joined today by Jenny Keen. Jenny's a holistic sex educator and tantra yoga teacher on a mission to ignite a sexual revolution in Ireland. Jenny's a crusader for self-love through self-exploration and pleasure. So welcome to the podcast, Jenny. I am so excited to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> you guys missed that, but I said the word sex like three times the wrong part during that intro because I was just so excited to talk about it that apparently I had to use every word as the word sex. So, so excited to talk about that. We <laughs> just like have a little intro, like, let's talk about sex, baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for this talk because we met in Bali a few months ago. And now I'm back in Canada and you're back in Ireland and you were just throwing out wild information on your Instagram about sex and pleasure and orgasms. And I'm just like, I need to talk to you. And selfishly, I'm using this podcast as a reason to just kind of have an in-depth conversation. It's works out well enough that everyone else gets to listen in, but this is really for selfish reasons that I get to talk to you today. (laughs) why do you think I got into this in the first place (laughs) yeah so I mean that's a good point that's such a great point this is all selfish this is not about anyone else um and so yeah I'd love to hear more about you and your journey to becoming a holistic sex educator and tantra yoga teacher like how the heck did that happen that story is a really long one (laughs) um it's so funny because it's it's like there's so many different threads right to that story and uh, I feel like they all converge at the point that I am at right now right but um I suppose to make it super simple um uh essentially I was at a point in my kind of uh, early to mid 20s where I realized I was completely disconnected from my body um I in terms of disconnected from my menstrual cycle I'd been on the pill for years I came off the pill when I was traveling and I realized that 
you know, who I was attracted to very specifically was so different, you know, I was like, and it was so shocking to see the difference. And I was like, oh my God, is that, what? I think that's a pill. And um, my menstrual cycle came back with a vengeance. It was already quite uh, violent and I came back even worse than before. Um, when I went to um, the doctor, I said like the only thing the only thing is that I don't want to go back on the pill. So whatever other options, like give me options, but this is not anything that I want. And essentially after the tests and all the kind of stuff, it was like, this was my only option, like hormonal birth control. And I was very much kind of like, no, you know, and I had already been, I was already um, practicing yoga and into yoga and very much into the, uh, a more holistic lifestyle. So it became very natural actually for me to just follow that path in a little bit deeper in terms of understanding my own body, understanding, you know, like I started to get curious, I like, can just ask questions and like, what's actually happening with my cycle? Like, why is it out of, or why is it like this? Um, and realize that I knew nothing about my body. And uh, and so then I went into it from more of like a physiological uh, point of view as well. Like, I'm very much like, if you meet me, like I'm very much kind of like, I'm all about the magic, all about the mystery of life, you know, like I very much subscribe to this, but I'm also very practical. And I say I have a healthy dose of skepticism that basically makes me go like, right, I know you're talking about magic but like how does that work in the real world <laughs> you know and I and I believe there's links and essentially like what I did was through my own self-study or not self-study through my own study and um journey with incredible like a whole like I mean a whole host of educators and researchers from uh scientists to medical practitioners to uh tantric masters you know I essentially uh took this information and kind of merged you know it's like where east meets west almost right and um and this is really where I came and then I also I suppose had I on a similar there was a similar like on a similar time frame um while this was happening in terms of like realizing I don't know anything about my body I also um had a tampon inside my vagina for two and a half months and I didn't know it uh until I mean that story in and of itself is kind of funny but it's a bit long but uh and essentially I was squatting in a toilet in Asia and felt this thing move inside me and I was like it's a creature and like oh. literally shoved my hand up my hole basically and pulled out this tampon and I was like and realized it had been there for almost three months. And I was, I was like, oh my goodness. And I suppose after I went through the shock of, am I going to, am I gonna die? You know, like I didn't realize I was gonna live and that everything was fine and healthy. I think the biggest thing for me was that I realized like, oh my God, like I couldn't feel that I had a tampon in my vagina. And I, and that triggered the question of if I can't feel that, can I actually feel when someone penetrates me? And um, that led me then to becoming really curious about, um, you know, how do I reconnect with my sexuality? How do I reconnect with my uh, with my yoni, with my womb space, right? And uh, and how do I expand my capacity to feel more? Is that possible? And so it, it led me down this like really beautiful path where these were kind of converging at the same time, basically. So. <laughs> That's amazing. I love when people's stories in terms of how they educate now come from past experience because they get it, right? And I think that's a beautiful thing about the work that I do, the work that you do, is that there's such an understanding and knowing we're like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I get where you're, at, where you're at. I've been there. And it's so much easier to like open up and connect with them when they're having trouble connecting with themselves. So 
That's so, I want to hear more about this tampon story, but we don't have to go into it. But just even with that said, like, it's so true that we are so disconnected to our body and our pleasure. And and it comes to like our menstrual cycles, anything, we're not really taught anything about our body and whether it even be like with birth control. Like I was put on birth control when I was 12 because I started having acne and basically in my family it was just kind of like oh like you you don't want to have bad skin so like here's this pill to make it better right it wasn't like anything about my it was like this fix your appearance thing um and then it just it it has such a and again this is some people are on birth control for specific medical reasons but the point I'm trying to make there is that it's a sense of empowerment in your body and knowing what's going into your body understanding all that um and so yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's like the biggest thing, like even when I teach, like my, when I, I never, I'm never kind of saying, you know, this is a message to say, come off the pill. I really believe that everyone should be in charge of their own bodies and their own lives. But I do believe that, you know, in terms of, let's say the medicine of the future, right, that it really is going to be a hybrid form where we really, one in which where we retake a greater responsibility, right, for our own health. Um, and instead of relying exclusively on, you know, uh, the outside, right, that um, we kind of seek a, a, a greater understanding of how our body works so that we might know how to take care of them and to take care of ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Uh, and I think that's like, I think that's really important because when it comes to understanding like our biochemistry, like so many, so many of us remain mystified, right, by our bodies. And so we end up making choices that may not necessarily be um, be correct or informed, right, totally informed. Um, and so it's really more about like, I, in terms of like the part of the work that I do is like teaching people how to decode um, our own physiology so that we know that our body is capable of so much more, right? Mm -hmm. There's such a level of autonomy that comes with education and understanding. And without it, it's just like, just going off what other people say. And so for everyone listening, they're like, yeah, I want to feel more empowered. What does that look like? Like, how do people, how do you help people start to go on that journey of finding more autonomy? Like, what are some, maybe some steps that people can do to just start to connect with themselves? Um where do you start? It's <laughs> <laughs> a big um, question. <laughs> yeah. Like, so for me, um, and I think this is really important, right? Because when people talk about empowerment, I think there can be a kind of a misunderstanding of, of what that actually is. Right. So in terms of in the body, so I really believe, right. That, you know, um, change happens through, uh, inspiration or desperation, right? Um, like we all come to these things for one or the other, right? And um, if we think about change, like change is energy, right? And it's this beautiful kind of precarious dance between like fierceness and tenderness, between letting go and intimacy and between action and stillness, right? And I energy that is empowered is this force that moves from the inside out, right? That this, it's the kind of core of ourselves, um, our, our core being, right? Our beingness um, that is moving into the world. And I think that empowerment that is embodied 
is essentially what inspiration looks like, right? So, you know, when you see these people who are kind of beaming almost like when they come into the room, you don't know what it is about them, but there's something there. And that's that radiating energy, right? Which is empowerment. And I think, I think that, you know, that when it comes to, uh, when it comes to experiencing this, the most important thing is, and the first thing, right, is that we, um, we need to take into account where we are at in this moment in time, right? So that it means that, and, and that means everything, right? When it comes to sexual empowerment, I think we all experience, and even sexual wellness, right? We all experience how our inner world and inner state of being affects our desire and interest in sex, right? And that, um, you know, contrary, I think, to what we might believe sexual wellness and sexual empowerment is not really about being in this constant state of power and bliss and pleasure, right? That the true power of this work is learning how to oscillate between states of stress and ease, right? Learning how to navigate that journey well is really what what it looks like to develop um, wellness as a skill or empowerment as a skill, right? So learning how to respond to this oscillation moment to moment. Um, and it's like asking yourself, you know, like, what do I like? What do I dislike? What am I compelled towards? What am I repelled away from? And instead of going with the flow of this, right, uh, in terms of uh, instead of going with the flow of this, of being kind of pulled and swayed one way or the other, but to be able to maintain uh, a center point or a point that you can at least return to every single day, right? Um, uh, that allow that supports you in thriving, right? So it's asking yourself like, what it is that I need? What what do I need? Like, how do I feel? What do I need? And can you provide that for yourself, right? So I think it looks like, and, and, and those things, like, I mean, we all know the tools, right? We, we know them, right? They're out, everyone like meditation and movement practices or dancing and, um, um, painting, uh, listening to music, going for walks in nature. Like there are so many of those tools and I think it's about implementing them in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Such a great, way to explain that. And I love how you dug deeper on empowerment because I totally agree. And I think it's a great way to kind of phrase it and a great way for people to kind of understand what it maybe means for them to feel empowered in their own life. So yeah. yeah. And also because as well, when we talk about sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes we can immediately jump to sex, right? And so, oh, when you're saying sexuality, we're talking about sex, right? But sex is probably only like, like to make it extreme, right? Only 1% of like the sexuality, right? To be a sexual being is to be a sensual being. And this is, if we think about how we engage with the world, right? We engage with the world through our senses, right? So we, and the world penetrates us, like the outside world penetrates us um, by way of the senses. And equally, we uh, penetrate the world by way of, by way of the senses, right? So it's this sensate experience. And when we talk about sexuality in this way, our sexuality is in, is like inextricably linked to who we are, right? And I think that when you take on and when you learn to take on um, and work with your sexuality and work with, let's say, even self-pleasure as a practice, it's something that allows you to know yourself 
fully and more bodily, right? And when we talk about more bodily, we're talking about this sensate experience, right? Um, and I think, uh, and I think in terms of then sex, for example, it's super important because oftentimes we leave our pleasure in the hands of others, right? And so when we learn how to take this back, that empowerment, right? So empowerment is moving from the outside in, so it can move from the inside out. When we learn to take that power back and that pleasure back into our own hands, when we learn how to treat our body, our senses, our mind as if they are lovers, right? Seeking stimulation, then self-pleasure practices become this ritual like a beautiful ritual that turns self-care into self-romance right mm -hmm. and I think that when you take self-pleasure as this practice um when it's done in service to joy and desire and even self-seduction right um it's a it is essentially like the the act of learning how to fall in love with ourselves and that's something that we practice and should be practiced, right, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? That's beautiful. I love the way you phrase that, of it's like, it's it's taking care of yourself and self-care. But I want to dig a little deeper into that when it comes to self-pleasure, because I think for so many women, there's still so much shame around that. There's so much this feeling like I, you know, I shouldn't be touching myself and I shouldn't be doing this. And when it comes to being with a partner, there's a sense of kind of pleasing them versus pleasing self and not really feeling like they deserve to feel that pleasure, whether it be with someone else or even just the shame around feeling it with themselves. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Oh God. There's, there's it's like, <laughs> when you were talking to, there's like so much to say in, in even that small part, but I suppose like where I would start, like, I love to start at this point when it comes to like, how do you begin? Right. Because I, I like to talk often like about the pleasure mindset. So I think oftentimes what keeps us from experiencing um, life through and in our body is uh, that we tend to stay in the mind, right? And uh, and we know this in sex as well, like the amount of times like people will say like, you know, they're in their head, they're worrying about what their body looks like, or, you know, they're like, oh God, am I looking sexy? Or am I making a weird face? You know, all these things, like it keeps us in our mind. And I think think that um, the first thing uh, to do is, is to look at what is your pleasure mindset. And when you can do that, you learn essentially what you do is it's like opening an education really helps with this, right? You help you essentially open the trap door of your mind and it allows you to drop into your body. And so you know, when it comes to the mindset, like one of the things that um, I would often talk about is uh, like our sexual scripts and we have them, right? All of us have them, whether you are like fully sexually empowered and like you're, you know, you're up for whatever and you're totally happy expressing yourself um, or totally happy in the sense of like that, you know, I'm sexually empowered and I don't want to have sex, right? Or whether you feel like, um, you're having some kind of a crisis within your sexual life that it doesn't matter where you are on the scale we all have these sexual scripts and these are things that you know if we think about like every single day right over years over our entire lifetime we ingest very specific ideas about our sexuality that tend to just be given to us right and unconsciously we internalize these things and we take these beliefs on as our own until suddenly we're running sexual scripts and sexual narratives that um that are most probably not ours right and and very often 
um, very often do not support us, right? So if you look at, I mean, there's so many ways to talk about this, but even if you look at the idea of um, what do you deny yourself in terms of when do you deny yourself like sex or intimacy or connection, right? Um, we tend to do this all the time. Um, we say like, you know, oh, I can't, um, I can't go on that date or I can't start dating until, uh, until I work on myself and, you know, fix all my problems, right? Or uh, I can't have sex until I lose this amount of weight or I can't, uh, or like I'm, I haven't shaved my pussy. Like, so like, that's not happening, you know? Um, because we, it's like all this, it's perfectionism. It's all of this stuff. Like, and, I, and it just goes on. There's so many, like, even if you think about beyond sex like even if you think about fun right it's like oh I can't I can't go to the beach or I can't jump in that lake because I'll have to wear a bikini and I've put on weight recently and I don't want like no one can so you deny yourself fun right um so when we don't uh when we don't accept ourselves right we deny ourselves all of these things um, and we start to uh, like exist in a body that is um, denied, like essentially like of pleasure. Right. Mm -hmm. And when it comes and this is also when we talk about the denial, it then links into shame. Right. And what you were saying with regards to shame, because again, like, why do we deny ourselves? Um, because we have shame. And this is the other idea that where shame is really everywhere. Right. It's it's this powerful master emotion and when I say master emotion I mean in the sense that it can it can control so much of your life how you think how you act who you engage with who you don't engage with and it thrives on the fear that we are not good enough right and so although shame is something that is not inherent um, to our nature right I mean if you think about this as like children like we're like watch children right there there is no shame in in children in the beginning like you know we we undergo as we start to grow this powerful process of learning shame through our conditioning right and I mean you know this right like uh, shaming others and we, and we do it so unconsciously, like shaming others is so prevalent that it's very rare to meet um, someone who hasn't been on the receiving end of it. And the once we learn shame, right, this is probably the important part. Once we learn shame, we start to self-propagate it, right, by shaming ourselves. And then self-shaming becomes so ingrained that we, bear, and we barely notice that as well, right? But what is noticeable is, um, is an erosion of our confidence, right? This feeling that something is fundamentally wrong with us. Um, and we learn that there is, uh, we learn and um, we often feel, right, that there is nothing that we can do about it. So sometimes even before we even before we think about trying, right? You might hear like, oh, maybe I, I do want to explore my sexuality. And then suddenly shame comes up in all of the ways that it comes up. And then suddenly we just give up before we even try, right? Um, and I think, uh, you know, probably what's so beautiful is, is understanding that, you know, anything that we learn, we could unlearn, right? Mm -hmm. It just oh. takes a little bit of, you know, dedication. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to happen overnight. Like when we start to notice these patterns and want to make a difference. And yet so often we think, oh, because I've decided that I'm no longer going to feel shame that like, I'm never going to feel shame again. It's like, that's not how our brain works. So yeah, Mm -hmm. realizing it's going to happen. And I love what you're saying there about the denying ourselves of pleasure. And I'm so prevalent in my community. It's like earning pleasure, having to be worthy of pleasure, which just compounds this idea that you're not worthy of it because you never reach the point of perfection where you're allowed to have it. And it's just this constant denial, horrible thing that no one should have to live in. It's just not a fun place to be. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And this is like, I call this like pleasure mindset versus productivity mindset, right? That we have to produce something um, in order to be worthy, right? Exactly. As I said, of pleasure and even this comes into sex, right? The way we take, the way we put goals, like not just in our lives, but also in our sexual interactions with people that we can't go on a date or we can't sleep with that person unless there's a future in it, right? So even if we have a sexual desire in this present moment to be intimate with somebody it's kind of like but I might want to marry this man and if I have sex with him today he's gonna think that I'm a slut and then he won't marry me and so there's we have all of these stories that we play like these future things and then even as well within our sexual within our sexual interactions we put the goal of orgasm there as well right so it's like we have to produce something and therefore if an orgasm doesn't come or it's taking a while to come that we somehow feel this sense of inadequacy actually um and it makes us feel less than and then the shame comes in and then the you know it's this de- it's this depressing um uh, the pre- the depressing nature of something that should be beautiful, should be pleasurable, should be enjoyable, right? Mm, I love, I love that. Like this idea of productivity versus pleasure because yeah, we're so quick to be like, well, unless it equals this, what's the point of even doing it at all? Um, and that's so, yeah, like you said, when it comes to sex, if it's taking too long and then you're like, oh my God, it's taking too long. They're going to be so annoyed. They're going to be frustrated. And then you get in your own head about it and then you feel, and it just becomes a spiral of, feeling like, yeah, you don't want to do that because it's shameful because it took too long, all that. So I totally hear what you're saying. I love that. Um, And so a lot of people in my community really struggle with body confidence as it relates to, I mean, just in general, but as well as being intimate with a partner. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can start to work through this and feel a bit more confident while we are having sex or, you know, pleasuring somewhere else, whatever it looks like. Um, yeah, so, but, so this is beautiful, right? So I think, um, and again, I always like to work in, in two different ways, right? So it's looking at like pleasure mind, so mindset first, and then looking at like, okay, how do you bring that into the body and have a lived experience in and of the body, right? And I think in terms of the mindset, words, I think are always really helpful in terms of, and language is always really helpful in terms of helping us to uh, essentially reframe our idea around, you know, what, um, what, uh, you know, um, uh, body confidence with somebody right or even with yourself and I think you know it's very funny when we're talking about um this idea of you know uh unlearning right Uh, and again like these specific ideas that we ingest okay that we learn that beauty only looks a certain way and it might 
like no one's telling us this, right? But it's like we're we're like driving along the road and we're seeing, you know, uh, billboards and posters and all this kind of stuff of like this is this is the depiction of beauty and we're seeing it in magazines and we're seeing it on Instagram and all of these things and and we are also at the same time receiving the message of um, this is what beauty is not, right? Uh, and so I think, um, and we take these in, right? So we have to acknowledge that that's, that's coming into us, right? And I think like in a culture that is in the business essentially of teaching us how to make ourselves, right? This productivity mindset. Um, my question to everybody is, is like, what does it look like and how do you unmake yourself? right so unlearning the stories that were given to you um, and doing this is a daily practice right and and also one with absolutely no end in sight right um like you can uh experience and feel body confident i have i have it right so um but there are going to be days in the future where that is challenged right so it's it's something that and that's what i mean where it's like there's no end in sight with this because you know even at a fundamental level every single day our bodies are always changing right every moment thousands upon thousands of cells are like dying and birthing again um and how we move or how we don't move, what our emotions are, what our mindset is, this kind of symphony essentially of, of our inner world that is like dancing and mixing and, and, and merging together essentially reflects itself in our body, on our skin even, like you can see this, you know, and every day that passes, you know, we are um, getting a little bit older as well, right? And changing, okay? And so I think learning, um, how to accept your body and learning to uh, learning um, body confidence is learning how to foster this sense of falling in love with yourself every single day, like amidst this kind of perpetual kind of change. Um, and also against the kind of humdrum of, of this idea of like what beauty is, right? Because then we also get told that beauty has a certain expiration date as well. When you reach a certain age, then it's like, boom, you know? Uh, and so I think for me, um, learning to love yourself is and learning learning to love your body is a daily practice right that takes like equal doses of of discipline and vigilance um and tenderness and care um and i think it looks like learning how to stop your eyes wandering in a mirror you know um when in terms of like lingering on places where you hold shame and stories of your inadequacy. Like how many times do you experience that when you're in the mirror, like brushing your teeth, you know, and suddenly you're just kind of like, oh, you know, and then you're kind of thinking, you know, off the back of that, it's like, you're again, this denial comes in, right? It's like, what are you going to deny yourself? Like, it's like, oh no, I look a little bit like, like this today, therefore I can't eat this or I can't do this, right? So all of these comes in and it's learning how to press the pause button um, in those moments, right? Uh, and learning also as well, like when to press the pause button when you begin to seek approval from somebody else. Um, <clears throat> And then very for like, you know, with some like with your partner or with your friends or whatever, and then kind of harbor, you know, this very quiet, um, this very quiet kind of uh like, you know, hatred towards them when they don't give you what you need, right? To learn how to find that sense of self-worth within yourself. Um, and I think um 
the most beautiful thing is, is, and I think something that I've learned very much so in in my journey with this and and also uh, with the people that I work with, it's that no one teaches you how to love yourself, right? People can give you tools, they can give you practices, but ultimately you are the one that turns up and turns and does the work. And ultimately you are the one that finds your way there, right? Um, but so I think it, it looks, and I mean, uh, I have a ton of practices, which are essentially like coming from, let's say like a somatic practices. So it's working with the body and essentially helping to rewire, right. The body and neural, new neural path, create new neural pathways and all of this, so that you are living in a body that, um, um, that knows and is able to move towards pleasure when so often we have a tendency to move towards struggle right it's like that becomes a part of us as well and so it's learning how um like I have a like one of my month-long programs I essentially say like it's a um it's a month-long program that gives you a, like a toolbox of pleasure practices that you can turn to whenever you are experiencing times of stress. And it looks like practices that help you to self-soothe on the days that you feel anxious or um, like very much in the head, days that are practices that help to activate um, your body on the days where you're like, you know, uh, closing off and shutting down and, and, uh, and becoming numb to the world and to your experiences and it's again like as I said this this learning to oscillate between these things you know Mm, I think that's so beautifully said because we have to love ourselves first (laughs) doesn't matter otherwise yeah we're seeking that constant validation and then get angry when we don't receive it but it's not their job to make us feel like we're enough it's our own job Mm. um so you talked about these you know these pleasure practices and this this toolkit my brain was like, I want to know one of the tools. Can you share one of the tools? I'm so curious. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they're so simple as well. Like, I mean, some of them are, okay. There's some simple ones and some uh, d- uh, more complicated ones, but in terms of, I mean, one of the like ones that you can do like straight away is uh, one of my favorite ones is um, uh, a pleasure break. And so this looks like, um, you know, when you are out in nature, I mean, nature is always a nice place to do it, but when you're anywhere, like even right now, you know, wherever you are listening to this, that you uh, pause for a moment, okay? And uh, you essentially learn to take the world in through your senses. So you ask yourself, like, what can I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What can I taste? What can I feel? And you turn yourself, you turn your, your sense is on yourself on and your and your and yourself to this sensate experience and you take like at least five slow breaths there and it is this um idea of like essentially becoming porous right like opening like your skin opening to the world uh to feel like this beautiful breeze like touching your skin to smell um i don't know i'm i'm at the i'm closing my eyes and i'm suddenly at the sea right to smell uh salt water um Uh, to hear seagulls or whatever you know and so you essentially turn your senses on and uh, and you allow yourself to take in and receive the pleasure of that moment right Um, and when when you do this like you'll start to see what happens right like pleasure is this 
nervous system regulator you know when you allow yourself to experience um beautiful moments it it calls you back uh to what people will call like your center or your um or calls you back to balance right um uh it pleasure essentially brings you out of your daily routine right and allows you as also as well like it allows you to become more resilient and teaches your body how to meet um whatever comes towards it with greater ease um and and that is like this idea of like building um, and fortifying this uh, response that your body can move towards pleasure so like that's a really simple one that you can do and I mean it's simple but at the same time like so forgettable right because when we go outside we're constantly like with our phones and we're listening to a podcast and we're uh, we're ingesting right all of the time ingesting um, information and this is about instead of um, and again like think about it right coming from the mind into the body okay so turning off the mind for a moment in time and allowing yourself to sit into this sensate experience um and this is really as well like when we talk about the senses right this is really what um what what it means to be to experience life um to experience like to experience the to experience the erotic right of life which is another form of sexual empowerment right where this word erotic it comes from um the greek word eros right and eros is this personification of love in all of its aspects and i really think that like you know it's this idea that the erotic is this expression of life in in all of its like the the force the force of all sensual beings the life force of all sensual beings and it is creative energy that is empowered and when it's allowed to fully express itself and when it does when it's allowed to do it without shame without inhibition it it teaches you how to live erotically which is teaching you to dare to live turned on right turned on from the senses when so often we experience in our life the the need right it's like out of necessity the need to shut our senses down because it's our our body becomes overstimulated with all of the noise and um all of the things that we're taking in right so it allows you to turn yourself back on um and yeah it's like to live in tune right with your body and trusting this kind of like messy wilderness that's wild and um uh and then also quiet and and gentle right so it's like the full experience of life uh, so yeah that's brilliant i love that like this whole idea of yeah erotic and like turning yourself on but not necessarily in that sense but just like to life and to your senses and to the world around you through such a simple practice of just tuning in and checking in and then just allowing yourself to, like you said, be porous. Um, such a, such a cool thing. And I think so often we get going, 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 we get overstimulated. So we just kind of shut it all down and just kind of keep our head down and go throughout our life. And then it's really hard to access pleasure and feel the moment and be mindful because we've conditioned ourselves to just kind of blunt all of that. So mm -hmm. taking those moments, just kind of, yeah, sit into it, allow it to happen consciously. Um, amazing. And so before I ask my last question, where can people find you? Um, so my website is Jenny Keen 
com, and then Instagram uh, is hello Jenny Keen. So they're like the two places that you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and yeah. Keen is spelled K E A N E. Yes, exactly. Okay. Just so anyone is wondering and they're like, I don't know. I'm like, I got you. Also, it'll be in the show notes below. Um, but my question for you. So the theme of my podcast is weighing in on happy, where the point is our weight doesn't make us happy. Um, so if you had to weigh in on one thing that makes you happy, subjective question, what would that be? Mm, I suppose, do you know, um, I wonder if I could say one thing about this because it's coming up for me right now. I My the way that I live my life is not so much to um and I think this is there's an image now coming into my mind in terms of when you're saying weighing right um that it's not so much to live in in let's say like towards the just towards the good stuff right so towards being happy and to be joyous and to be pleasure like in pleasure right that you know I always like to think of myself like when I'm ever experiencing turbulence in my life I'm always asking myself okay um, am I, am I the scales, right? And if we think about the scales, is this always this, it's this object that's always seeking towards balance, right? So um, pleasure and struggle, uh, happy and sad, right? Uh, wholehearted, half-hearted. Um, and am I, am I the scale that's moving and always seeking towards balance? Or am I the person holding the scale and trying to like control it, right? Um, and I think, uh, and it comes back to this sense of um, believing and uh, living my life, right? That in in a way where I believe that empowerment and wellness, it looks like learning to live in the in the space of oscill like oscillating between these two states. And the more that I try to remember this the more that I find myself, even in times of struggle and pain and, and heartache and all of these things, the more I find myself um, uh, in the able to access that quality of, of being with exactly what is and finding the kind of joy of living a life as a human being that experiences um the full, the full breadth of what it means to be in this life. You know, it doesn't just come from the good things or the bad things. So, um, and then I think, you know, it really means then that when you, it means then that when you experience things, even the smallest things, like, you know, when you look outside the window and you see a bird flying or you see a beautiful sunset or you, um, or you receive a hug from a friend that it, uh, yeah, these things become, um, uh, so much more meaningful and really penetrate you. So that's what came up when you asked me that. <laughs> I absolutely love that answer. I've never received anything like that, but I believe in exactly what you're saying. It's the contrast of life that allows us to appreciate it. And if we're always seeking happiness, then it's like, it's like always sunny and we never appreciate the sun anymore. Like we have to allow that surrender and the balance and knowing it's not us trying to control the, you know, the scales back and forth, um, which also allows us to really fully live in this life. So yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. You guys have to go follow her, check her out because she's amazing. And is always just her information on social media is incredible and her workshops, everything. So go follow her, check her out. And just thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> 
Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, then I invite you to please rate and review on Apple. It means so much to me and I would so appreciate you. Now, if you're interested to learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, 90 Days to Food Freedom, then please check out my website at www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs where you can learn more about how to work with me. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, please do. It's at Victoria Evans official. Definitely shoot me a DM. I'm always doing little trainings, giving little tips as well as sharing my stories. So I'd love to have you there. Oh, and I'm always dancing. And if you're looking for even more support, coaching, community, trainings, all of that, then definitely join my Facebook group, Intuitive Eating Support Group for Badass Women. And of course, all this will be below for you in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.